Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is, is William Lovin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who are in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in the topic. So, so today's guest is someone who I've been working with for two and a half years and she's a very close work friend of mine, but sadly she's now left the team. But I'm so glad that I've got finally someone from the team to come onto the podcast, which which has been very easy. So welcome, <laughs> Amy, welcome Amy, Amy Taylor. How are you? Your first yeah, podcast good. debut. I'm really excited. And I'm also like this, we were just talking in the pub, weren't we, on my leaving drinks. And I, I think, I don't know if I asked you or you, I was asking you about it. And then you were like, yeah, I was like, oh, amazing. So Let's I'm do really it. Excited. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so... So for, for, for our guests, can you just give a bit of background behind you and what you do now? Yeah, so I've been working in media agencies, specialising mainly in digital for about eight years in total. So I started as an apprentice. Um, I think I was 19 or 20. Must have been 19. What is, I mean, that's maths. Yeah, some 27. So yeah, eight years. <laughs> um and I worked at um, another agency before years, and then I joined Starcom um, and started working with you in that team, in the PNG team for like four years after that. And now I've recently just got a new job and I'm starting on Monday. So yeah, I'm really excited for that as well. That's um, sort of a similar thing, but a bit more of um, a bit slightly more specialized in, in digital, but yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been good. You, I mean, I think another thing that's the industry is so great because you just meet so many interesting people and you have yeah. such an opportunity to speak to them and it's good sort of social culture so hence why we're probably doing this yeah and so very so like a lot of you knows so I came in to pubs as doing 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 the uh doing the apprentice scheme so, so we so we can relate to a lot of things that we're going to talk about but also we both share the passion about bringing diversity within to the advertising and media world but also bringing in talking about neurodiversity so, yeah. so let's go straight into it so as you don't have a stammer but you've always had a great great interest in stammering can you tell me what interests you about the topic yeah I think I think with most cases I guess with like with disabilities that are not so visible that's I find is is obviously quite interesting and I think there needs to be more effort and understanding made because it's with if you're not aware of what a stammer is you might just say something that could be quite offensive like oh hurry up or like what what's what, what what's going on um and I think that's where you need to almost people need to be making more of an effort where it's maybe not as visible um like I was even thinking yesterday I went to Whitstable and we was sitting, I was waiting in the queue for a pub um, toilets and there was just a line that was going all the way down the side of the, of the pub. And I saw a fam, they, the man was sort of coming out and he was saying, he's got space for one male or space for two ladies. And um, just obviously to make sure there wasn't enough people in, not too many people in there at once. But her family came up when he said something and they had, to, they were signing to one another. And then they had to just say to him like, like a drink can we have a drink and he was like oh you're in the toilet queue and I just don't think he clocked that they were actually 
death and was obviously signing to one another. Um, and then he was sort of saying, does everyone else, this is the toilet queue, the bar queue's here. And then I looked at the signs and we were all standing in front of the sign that said toilet queue and there was just bar queue. So they just thought that they were in the bar queue, got a bit confused. And I just thought, obviously it was fine. And he just said, oh no, you're all right. Just go stand over here. But it just made me realize that just by standing in front of a sign can make it so much more difficult for someone. Um, yeah. And it's just be, be having that sort of like consideration. And I just can't imagine what it must be like. Cause I don't know, have, do you have to do a bit of lip reading? To, no. Yeah. Does it help if someone, if, I guess, I think what you were saying before is when you have your mouth covered, people don't notice that you're stammering. Yeah. So that's the thing that can also set, set, set it back. So I was just thinking it's a similar thing with like the masks at the moment where those clear masks that people are using in um, like restaurants and things, it's a shame that they haven't made those for everyone else. It's, it's just, again, people just aren't really thinking about these things. It just yeah. makes you realise that there's so many obstacles potentially that you might have to come across. No, one thing that it, it's very well known people with a stammer, they have a facial gesture, like they yeah. like have a tremor or a, or there's a sort of, a sort of like a tick or, or like, so you can tell when someone's stammering. Yeah. And it's very hard to tell if someone's stammering when you can't see it. And mm. like, we don't, what we've all realised is that you forget how much you lip read of other people, like people who do stammer and people who don't stammer, like you don't forget how much you lip read yeah. what someone's saying. And like, you can't gauge other people's reactions. So, so like I've had people take me to the wrong place within the supermarket and they thought I said something else and they can't tell that I've been stammering. Uh... And oh, oh, like I've had people like come as people, but like it, it makes me more nervous. But I'm also like I don't want to at the same time like I know it sounds bad, but I don't want to not wear a mask because I don't want mm-hmm. to to take over because I don't want to be defined because I don't want to be there because I I only have to wear a mask three times a week, so it's not really much point. But if I was in a job where I had to wear a mask constantly, I think a clear mask would definitely be an option. Yeah. Would you, would you think class has been exempt from wearing No, it? so, so spe- people with a speech impediment aren't exempt of God. wearing a face covering. So it's been, and which lots of people couldn't believe because lots of people, it helps them, plus it helps tell the other person, like it's their mm. sort of sign. But, Sort of, so from you realising that, it sort of links into my own question. Before you worked with me, did you know other people with a stammer or like do you have friends or family who stammer? Yeah, so I don't have any sort of close friends that have a stammer. Um, I remember people in school had it. Um, and I just remember like school can just be a bit of a um, tough environment anyway. Yeah. But I would yeah. just remember like when we'd obviously have to read certain sections of a book out loud. Um, I can I'm, I have such bad memory. I feel like I can't go back like further than 10 years. But I was thinking about this when I was listening to your podcast with Jack and it came reminded me that, yes, I do remember someone in school struggling a bit more. And just some people would just be so rude. But I remember that it sort of had a bit of an awkward environment because the teacher wanted to make sure that that person had to practice I think she said we need to help him practice and it was just you you kind of want to 
it's with children it's really difficult because I guess the teacher wants to be very respectful and I guess also there's a room of like 30 people they kind of wanted to be respectful to the individual but then also make sure other people were aware but then also not put him or put them in more of a situation where they could be exposing themselves to more problems I imagine it must be really difficult for them involved but I just remember sort of feeling like even as a student I was like obviously I don't like this we need to let them have a chance to sort of practice and I imagine that the not speaking probably maybe makes it harder for you to sort of get used to to doing it or lacks sort of impacts your confidence and things but I just remember sort of thinking like what there's nothing I can really do to also help other than try and tell that person to stop being a prat yeah. <laughs> um, but you don't really want to then shout that out because it's again just causing a scene and yeah it's all of this so no I don't I haven't really had too much so that's why I also was quite excited to that you're so open with it because it meant that I could also has have been able to ask you a couple of questions and just understand a bit more about what it's what it's like as well because I think that's then I, get, then I sort of guess what it's like from the other perspectives like school was definitely the hardest day because like I was really like kids we all know like kids are very direct like they, they will point out all your flaws or like whatever like kids will tell you anything and like the hard thing for me was the school register because my name's William and oh, yeah. so like people would be very quick snappy saying their names like here blah 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 here and then when they would come to me, they remember the school sort of girls because well, I used to stand the same my name, which I don't do. And it was one of those things where I really realised it then because I remember the sort of girls silent. And then everyone would be waiting, and you've heard everyone else go first. Because yeah. even I guess also they would sort of be with their head down, so you couldn't just sort of put your hand up. Yeah. But even I was thinking about this the other day. Like there was someone in my school that had like a name that was a bit like it was not very common so they just couldn't pronounce it and they would then make fun of the way that he like different ways of how they were wanting to say his name and I'm like this is just the register like this is the first point of the class yeah. and you're already like they could be like already causing this sort of issue I was also thinking like I don't know if you if you thought this as well but when I was thinking about if I have known anyone with a stammer it just made me think of the, like the way it's portrayed in films is like that person is never a like a negative person or a, like a bad character but they would just sort of always perceive them as someone that was maybe not as popular as other people in films and I feel like that's maybe as well like the the sort of assumption that you get and maybe that also definitely would not have helped with bullying for people actually experiencing that in real life because they're basically bullied in all the films and programs like American high schools yeah. like things that was making me think of which that's again shame because I think whenever they have a stammering character they always sort of make a stereotypical stammering character when the stammer's really bad like you don't see people like with a mild stammer like mine you only see it when they're stammering so that's the other thing I was thinking is that I was because when I was looking at this they were saying about how there's obviously different variations of stammer and I actually thought oh that that is one thing again that you're not really taught made aware of and yeah. I think that's why I also didn't really realize that you had one because it is it feels like it's quite mild 
and it's not like the maybe the stumbling over the like certain words but is it like what would in terms of the different variations are you aware of like what the different ones are like is it is it based off maybe certain um certain symbols what was the word like but like certain words or vowels and sounds yeah. that stop it or is it more of an environment thing like or longer letters or you were saying like if you've heard people speak first is it consistent or is it just that there's different ways no I think it happens like every person's stomach is different and so like I mind I've had mine my whole life so I was very delayed saying my first word then my thought that I would never be able to speak at all because of how because of how severe my stomach was so so they would teach me symbols like doing sort of sign to be able to drink a glass of water what sign and then they noticed that my stomach was getting better than I had intense beat therapy for the first 10 years of my life so I had it once a week for 10 years but when you look at it now where I don't really know when I stammer, like I may have Sundays where I may never stammer and now mine's more of a sociable stammer, which sounds really odd, but I'm way more, when I'm more sociable, I don't stammer as much, but when I'm less sociable, like working from home, my stammer can be quite bad. And what do, you, do you think that's because of, It's like, is it that maybe when you start being in more social environments when you're not used to it, there's sort of a bit of just hesitation but I would say that like I was I'm a very sociable person but I was very much like when it started opening up I was like oh my god like this is so yeah. weird I'm not used to I because I spent a lot of lockdown just me and my boyfriend as well we, we really did my family were elsewhere so I didn't couldn't even sort of pop around and see them that much so especially in the winter time I was very like gosh and that's for me and I'm such a bubbly person I'd say it anyway. <laughs> But is, do you think it is just because of that? Yeah, just a bit of like not being used to. Is it like overwhelming as well? I guess does it make that? Yeah, yeah for sure. Plus, I think, I think I, like all, the way I've described my style over velocity is is basically old car and the the engine light, but it's just never really warming up. Like it's always a cold start where it's just a bit where it's not fully turning over because like with the office like you chat to everyone all day long at yeah. the lift, at the desk, the kitchen. So when you're at home, you only really talk to people who you live with. Uh, they're not really big chats sometimes. So also you're only having two-minute calls or like five-minute calls. And it's been really interesting that I've noticed that I've, I've been stammering on words that I didn't stammer before. However... I've noticed that words that I used to stammer on, I'm stammering less. Oh, like interesting. Words, like certain associations. Like I think certain associations have more anxiety behind it. So if it was a word that I used to have to say a lot in meetings, my stammer would have been really bad on that word because I, I used to be overthinking that word. Oh. So if I just said it now, it wouldn't. But one of the things that I've really found interesting was that one of the hardest things I used to find was picking up the phone because hello used to be a really hard word for me to say. So picking up the phones, people would think that I wasn't at the end of the call or like they would just think... Gosh, yeah. That, ...that I wasn't answering. However, because now to talk to everyone, you have to call everyone. Like I've really conquered that 
idea of picking up the phone, but no one does want to call people whenever. Like, it's so weird. And now yeah. I'm doing techniques. Like, oh, during the morning, I can go morning, but especially with unknown numbers, I now go, hi, William speaking, or like that sort of thing where it's sort of not go up block because my stammers can be quite hard when I've got a block. So yeah. it's when they block like H or A's or or I's can be quite hard. So it's just fascinating how certain words have different associations. And especially when I know I'm going to be saying a word, that's when it can be. And then I'll be thinking about constantly trying to change a word, trying to change that word if I know I'm going to stammer, which you may never realise. So you may think, oh, that word, but I before was so I may have been thinking for such a long time, thinking, oh, what word can I replace that word? Like, I'm always looking to try and replace words that I know I may stammer on. You must, that must be, like, quite mentally tiring because your yeah, brain yeah. is having to go so much faster almost than everyone else in a way because you're having to just rethink about all these things it's interesting that it's it is certain like blockages because also when I was having a bit of a like a read through this morning and I did I actually did think that it was it was either like it was maybe caused by anxiety or it had more of a connection to anxiety but it sort of was saying it's not necessarily like due to it or it, it, it's not always so inter interconnected but obviously yeah, I yeah. think it must just be like it it I imagine it must maybe like but I mean like I was sort, sort of like stuttering a bit there like it's kind of like it's just I guess it's just when you get like hooked on on certain things it can be must be um tough I would also find it so frustrating because I'm so like I am quite an ex excited impatient person um, my boyfriend always says as well, get words like mixed up. Like I start saying yeah. this first word and I like mix it because I just almost think that I'm, I am, my brain always thinks a bit too, too fast for my mouth yeah. to keep up with me. Do you find it frustrating to when yeah. you're stuck? Like it must be really difficult. Like it's a, and then, I'm, then it feels much longer than it possibly. Oh God, really yeah. Because I'm also very conscious about my style and what people know the main thing for me is not my stamina of people around me like I know people like my team I work my friends do not give a toss at all about when I stammer no. but I still think like it's that those mini seconds feel like ages and then I'm then I think I stammer more because I'm more conscious about saying that word but I think it's one of those situations where when I'm having a sort of when I know I'm having a certain chat about a certain topic and I know that I may stammer on what words so I'm spending ages focusing on like what I can like it's sometimes I'm way more nervous for let's say a job interview when I was applying for jobs mm. before I got this one was made was way more conscious about my stammer than I was for the actual job interview because sometimes stammering yeah. can cause us nervous and if people see you as nerves within the interview they may think oh he's people for this job so that's why yeah. I always flag it so fo following from that it's sort of linked so having worked for me for over two years have you noticed my stammer much further in the professional environment but also even if I didn't tell you or talk about it do you think you would have noticed yeah so I was thinking about this because I think I think when I was when 
Yeah. I remember the first time when I spoke to you, I felt like there was like some pausing. And I think yeah. the main thing that then I started to think was just don't interrupt him and just be patient. Like I started thinking, I didn't didn't know what it if it was anything, but yeah. it just made me think it was more like my own anxiety was like you're a bit fast paced and I often do accident not accidentally, I or I'm always having to apologize for interrupting people because I just get a bit too excited, I think. <laughs> Um, I was just sort of thinking to myself instantly like I was left thinking less about you and more about myself which again is just I guess it's the way that a lot of us sort of do function I feel like you're either like more focused on how you're being perceived or so there's there are some people that obviously yeah. don't care <laughs> um but and then I think when you said it I was like oh I think that makes sense but again it didn't really I don't actually feel like it's it's, it was something that I was completely aware of. And I think that's it as well. Like with, in terms of conversations, we would, we obviously have, have like the odd work chat, but it's more that we were sitting in a similar area of the office. So it would be more that we were yeah. just sort of having casual conversation and I never really would have noticed it then. So I can, I can imagine that with things like maybe when you've um, done more sort of like speaking up in like our team meetings and there's more people there and, yeah. um, it might be and I think like when you was talking about this podcast and letting everyone know I remember thinking like I think that you've done that really smoothly so I really? guess so it was, was, it was yeah. literally uh, tech was like quickly saying to people could you tell us so no like it, it's so fascinating that you said because I'm way less nervous so I'm way more nervous doing a sort of like a presentation on like a speech in front of people who I know then like press in like those things just I don't feel nervous about mm. but, like, when it's in front of people who I know I'm so more way more nervous way more conscious do you think that's because if you're doing more is it even if you do presentations because I was thinking maybe if you're doing stuff that is more around the concept of stammer you almost have a bit of a uh, like they know yeah. you need to be respectful of that but I guess maybe when it's in casual conversation it's not a point so people it's almost you thinking thinking about the fact that you're thinking about your stammer more than anyone else yes so I think it's just the people who I'm talking to like even if I'm talking to a room for like it's so weird I'm like so I know that people the same people will possibly be listening in to that radio interviews but like it's like I feel like that radio interview because I'm talking to like a blank, yeah. Radio, like it's a phone call. I, I can't see the amount of people who's listening. But like when it's, but also because I know people, also like you guys know me. Like mm. that's when I'm always more, way more conscious about it because I think. So I think I'm more conscious that that you guys will be able to tell I not mess it up a device that more than if. I was doing in front of a new audience. Oh, I see. Because it's more like registering whether yeah. it got worse or it's improved or you're struggling. Whereas if you're just in front of people that you don't know, they just see Will who's speaking yeah. and they just take it on face value. But there's yeah. more like tracking, I guess, that people might do in their yeah. head. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you find as well that in a conversation that because there is this sort of like back and forth that there's like you don't know when the sentence is going to finish and when it'd be time for you to speak or you kind of might be thinking about something in your head but then 
I guess it might, might there's more to think about in a conversation versus just sort yeah. of because it's just what you have to say. I imagine actually that might make it it is probably easier to just speak. <laughs> yeah. And then, then I suppose sometimes you may and make the slides more stammer friendly. Like yeah, what, that very, what is what was find, find words that I know that still explains what I'm trying to do, but I know that I won't stammer on. I see. Yeah. Like it's because even if I know there's a word that I'm going to sound, that's going to be the only slide that I'll be thinking about the whole time. Gosh, it's just like I just really feel for you to have this extra added like thought process because there's so much that so many people already would be thinking about. Like public speaking can be quite difficult for anyone. You just don't want to muck up or say something wrong or pronounce it incorrectly or I don't know go off course let alone then having to think about this added layer that's how it almost feels to me it's like it's just sort of an added layer but I mean I I guess it's it's also not to be seen as complete negative like it is obviously something that you have to be that you're having to be conscious and dealing with but that sounded like it was a bit of a negative like you've got to but Yeah. yeah I'm sure that they, they obviously you're doing this, which is amazing. So, thank you. So, 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 so as we said right at the start, so we both did the apprentice thing, we didn't go to uni. So, very passionate about apprenticeships, flying, flying that flag, but also we're very passionate about bringing in like neurodiversity within to the workplace because we. Well, I see it as a, like, people with neurodiversity have a different creative way of thinking. Like, we have a very bizarre thought process that's, like, they say that the world is made by dyslexia, like Walt Disney, Mm. Richard Branson. So many big people have dyslexia, which I don't think people realise. But especially bringing neurodiversity through, like, schemes like apprenticeships. Yeah. Where they can really show their talent, but also make it help also make companies more diverse as well like bringing in at such junior level because it brings in fresh eyes to the industry yeah so what are your thoughts on bringing talking making neurodiversity a more spoken about topic within the junior level in in yeah it was um, yeah stuff yeah i mean that's i think it's really important because I just remember as well when I first joined as an apprentice, I had no, I didn't really know. I remember in my interview, they were like, what's the, what's your favourite media can- ad campaign? And I was like, ad campaign? Like, what's that? Like a like a bus, <laughs> bus covering or something? And obviously, like, the uh, media campaign is like, I guess how we see it now is like the full thing where you might see the ad on TV and then they might do something clever in the in a newspaper competition or like then you hear it on the radio and they're doing something else with this person or whatever and when you're in the industry you can start to think of like what that means but at the time I was just like I can't think of anything the only thing I could think I was like the only thing I can really think of is those tv adverts where it's like cleaning advert and it's always very stereotypical where there's a woman in the kitchen it's always dubbed over the voices and and um, it's sometimes that they obviously filmed it in another speaking in another language and they just overlay ours and, and 
for this was for more of a creative role and I think she thought that was quite a creative answer but for me I walked out of that and I was like I've absolutely messed that up like what was I talking about and um, but I think that just giving it a bit of a different lens and um, my boss at the time, she was always like, you, you're a complete, you're actually like a consumer. Whereas a lot of other people here, she was like, you need to try and keep your fresh eyes as much as possible in the industry because everyone else here, the, we when, as the more time that you spend doing it, you see yourself more as a marketer and you kind of forget what normal people will perceive. Like a lot of it isn't actually that obvious um, whereas we're like oh yeah we've done this we've done this we've done this and half the people might not have actually picked that up so she was just sort of saying that to me and I think that is a really important bit as well of like us thinking about making sure that we have as many different types of people that have been consumers also then speaking and thinking about all the other people in the in, in the world and, or, and in the UK for instance how it'd be best to market to them because there's this other thing as well about the London bubble and there's lots of people that just um assume what it's like in London is the same elsewhere and it's completely not is it like the way the things we get up to is completely different to other areas so it's just not being it's, it is about having that diversity and I think then with people also having maybe other sort of um disabilities and things I think one I was thinking when you were even just asked me the question I was thinking I actually think it's quite important to have differences in a working environment because you actually spend so much time at work I've always think this it's like seven eight hours a day five days out of your week you are obviously largely more at work than anywhere else and if we're not allowing people to communicate and be respective and understanding and having visibility of other people then again, it's just going to make conversations about being aware and being more respectful a lot more difficult because I think it does all come with a bit of an awareness and perspective. I also remember when I first joined, everyone had, it seemed like at the time, everyone was like maybe had come from a, um, like maybe richer backgrounds. Um, a lot of them were sort of um, white people basically and I remember thinking like being very self-conscious about my accent just because I'm from Watford <laughs> and I was thinking gosh like I don't want people to have a perspective of me and I just remember thinking like even the fact I'm young like um, just having a younger face that was I was really conscious of the fact that people would then ask me like oh where did you go to uni and I was like oh I didn't go to uni and they're like what and at first they were like, why are you here? <laughs> Literally people yeah. were just like, why, why are you here then? And I was like, I'm doing an apprenticeship. And obviously it really wasn't that common at the time. Um, but I remember sort of thinking, well, I need to really prove myself. So I felt like I had to put a lot of pressure on being as good as these people that had been to uni. And like to think of it now, it was, it was quite unfair of me to do that. No one asked me, asked that of me. But it was quite unfair of me to do that, I think, because obviously they're like three years in that time is is quite a difference in your age and what you can sort of gain. And they'd all moved out from home. I was still living with my mum and dad and things had never like didn't really have. This was the first time I had a salary, like all of these things. Um, but I'm sort of glad that I did put the pressure on myself now because. I'm really proud of where I've got to, but I just think I was thinking to myself that all the added pressures that I put on myself, let alone what it must have been like for you to have that also added sort of concern 
Um, and it is really throwing you into the deep end. Like I think thinking back now, I actually think I had like a couple of panic attacks in the toilets and stuff that I didn't even realize was a panic attack until recently. Now of people are speaking about it because I think I was still battling with quite a bit of like anxiety and things myself. And being in that environment full of loads of people that you don't know, there's all different hierarchies. I remember also like wanting to put my hand up to go to the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like you don't need to ask that and I was like I'm being such a lucky class like I've obviously been to college and stuff this is not like it's just a job but I don't know you just sort of get really thrown into a different sort of position so then thinking about having all of those pressures that we might put on ourselves or or that people sort of expect of you to, to be able to be sort of in the environment and working as anyone else who's just come out as a graduate let alone having sort of your um, stammer as well to sort of consider. And it's so, it's obviously all about first impressions, isn't it? And I imagine it's, that's it. Like the first thing you say yeah, yeah. is the first thing that's going to make you stammer, but then that's the first instant. That's a whole new team, like a whole new, like, so I've been very fortunate, like when, when I've been doing internships, like every team's been so supportive, but I think, so I think going into the ad world at such a junior level is a very world to go into because like it's a very quick paced industry like it's changing all the time like so much has happened just within the two years that I've been there and I clearly remember thinking this team's very relaxed compared to other teams that I've been in and like they're all very open about personal but I clearly remember that on my first day like me, me for my boss. Hey, so we had a one-hour chat, and then I thought this was a sort of chat that I would only before have felt comfortable talking to a close friend, let alone my new boss. Yeah. I, I just had that vibe straight away. Then, then I remember when I first shared a article that I had written around the team. It was the first time I had a ever written an article but B had the confidence to share with them because then at the office that we work in, nearly every single person used was, was at split screen. So I used to sit right at the back so I could just see my face, my article just slowly popped up to other people's screen. Then I really needed to go to the loo. So I was like, I'm very self-conscious. So walking from the pack of the office to, to the office because every single person's monitor just had my face and was like, what do I do? So yes, I've thought that before just... when I've sent emails as well and like, yeah. I think I had to send them around to the whole team and one of them was a bit stroppy once asking people to yeah. get something done for me to do a report and send it off or something and I just saw it like all popping up on the screen yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, like I maybe went a bit strong on that one and it just it's funny it's there is I think it's like a family that um that team I think yeah. it's sort of it's there's a few of us that all work across a lot of the same projects so you just yeah. do to meet a lot of people in the team. But it, I, I think that's it is definitely good that you've sort of fell into, into yeah. this team. Because that's how it does feel, doesn't it? You sort of fall into yeah. an agency or a different team and then you're sort of with these people that you can get really close to. But the other thing I was thinking as well is like it's it's full of it's a very confident industry. So there is a lot of that is is people that are already there are quite confident, but we also sort of maybe look for more people, maybe a lot of the jobs in the industry require you to present, speak to clients, 
be confident, which again, I just think I was almost thinking may even be quite limiting for some people, like even just thinking about sort of extrovert and introvert differences, that this is a, our t um, job can be very much favoured to people that show more extrovert ways of doing things because yeah. you need to sort of send that email or um and like call out something that you've been interested in speak up in a meeting like put your opinion across and if you're more introverted it, it might also it might be a bit more difficult and I was thinking to myself like actually maybe that's something that we need to think a bit more about of like how do we um like welcome more introverted ways of doing things in our business so that it isn't completely in balance because there's definitely benefits for that like yeah. um, and for people having that sort of like deeper deeper thinking that is maybe less shouting about it themselves but um yeah to sort of like help that so that's another thing I was thinking as well but yeah. so just one of those things that I think it's sort of like going through uni it, you prove to lots of companies and employers that different things but also doing the apprenticeship or proving like you sort of got the confidence to go into a industry as a person with no experience and you sort of gain a now valuable qualification that's now highly regarded like lots of companies are now taking off their job requirement degree levels because they're now seeing these other ways in I still out. saw this on when I was obviously sorry I've interrupted you <laughs> but it just made me think um sorry I do this it's it's bad <laughs> um but I saw I when I was applying for jobs recently I saw they still had uni qualifications as the requirements and I was like this is so annoying because I've been like is I, I would have applied anyway like I wouldn't have, have let that get in yeah. the way but I'm also like if I had maybe just been in the industry for maybe a few like a few less years good English I, I can't think of the right way to say that sentence anyway um if I had been had was less experienced I would be quite concerned about that but now I'm like oh I'm not concerned like I'm just going to go ahead but that is really frustrating because I feel like we've come so far like it was eight years ago that I did mine and that was very much at the start and when the uni fees had gone up as well so sort of more people were sort of taking it into consideration to maybe do an apprenticeship but the fact that that is still something that they're just putting on there as a requirement really wound me up but yeah sorry what was she saying before well, no it does hey but it has not follow up um oh, degrees um, oh the, the qualification that we get with, with an yeah. apprentice sorry I've just completely lost my train of thought. Oh. Damn it! No, it's not no, no, it was part. No, it was after. It was like your USA. Oh yeah, now no, I remember. So I think following from that, it's sort of there's a lot of still some negative stigma behind apprenticeships, and mm. like, and I clearly remember a, when I was at college, they they had the apprenticeships team come in to talk like they were a this sounds really bad but a stereotypical apprenticeship team in a college where they only did manual labor apprenticeships mm -hmm. on it roles or like team of it like they and they always said and then i'll never forget this they said so if you do an apprenticeship and you're looking for a job after your apprenticeship you're going to have a year, a year, two years, let's say, of working experience, of full industry experience. 
compared to a grad who does come up from a grad with no working experience, but also they've not had a professional mature yeah, like they may or not matured going into the office. And like all, all my sisters went to university, they all did great. Like I have nothing against universities, but I think yeah. for certain people, it's not the way forward. And like it's such a expensive life decision that may not be, that may not make a big difference. So I know a few people who gone to university and like their job's completely different to what their degree. Yeah. That's the thing, when I I joined, I was like, what did you do at university? And lots of them were like, geography and history. And I was like, oh, so it doesn't matter that I don't have this. I assumed that obviously it would be, everyone would have that. And some people did. And I think that just showed they had a level of interest. But I just think even at the time to make a decision for three years of your life to invest in a certain topic at the age of 18 is asking a lot from people. I remember yeah. I was sort of looking and I was kind of interested in a couple of areas and, and I was then focused more on art. So then I was like, maybe I'll do an art foundation course just to check. But it was also like the fees had just gone up so much. I didn't really know what I wanted to do as a job. And also, like, to be honest, it, I really struggled a bit with sort of anxiety and a bit of depression when I was in sixth form and the idea of doing three more years of studying felt like it was going to be a bit too much like I it's a lot of alone time I almost think the studying actually helped me because it was something that I could focus on but it does it is you're sitting alone like you can't really study I find like I could study with another person I have to sort of for me to digest things I don't have a very good memory I have to sort of like write everything down and visualize it but if anyone else sort of comes in, it just, I find it quite distracting. So the idea of then having that with also, I was still feeling a bit sort of vulnerable and a bit sensitive as well. And the idea of then going to moving away or having living with people, it just didn't feel like it was going to be the right decision. And I'm glad that it, for me, so that's another thing. I didn't really realise it at the time until looking back. But I think that's another thing I wanted. I felt like I needed to just get myself out there. We're now going to go, like, we've sort of touched upon the deep side of stammering, and I'm going to tell you some stats now, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you know already. And so, actually, stammering children, who I'm a part of, the territory I'm a part of, they did a YouGov poll, and it came back that between 16 and 24 year olds, over 27% think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer. But also they showed the effect, it proved the effect of how much of a mental health mm. bullying in children with a stomach can have. Because when you look at it from that perspective, you're bullying someone from not wanting to use their voice. And when they're child, you're not wanting a child to use their voice. And there are some really sad statistics and stories that people are just too afraid to not go into their dream role. Like, don't want to share their voice, their show their voice mm. because they are afraid of what they've had before. Can you believe those? Do those stats surprise you, or can you believe them? But also, what are your thoughts on how big that percentage is? Yeah, because I mean, on the in terms of the mental health impact, unfortunately, that doesn't actually surprise me. Um. I just like from what I remember, like I can remember myself in the school now 
in that classroom when people were making fun of that person and that wasn't even to me and I remember it and I said yeah I don't have very good memory so um I just remember feeling so awkward and really like this is just not and just kids were just mean like some of them which and I also just think it's it's a shame because I think it does take it's a lot of what they're holding but they do just pick on people that are different and a little bit so which I think now is like a it's beautiful people's differences and I think actually podcasts are great for that because it is bringing a lot of people that have a different perspective or different considerations it's helping to bring people's voices up but um it's I, I don't I'm not really surprised it's almost like with the way if there's a if you're not able to express yourself and people are stopping you from expressing yourself I can imagine that one it just means you're bottling a lot of emotions up you must not be really being able to really speak to people. And you just, for that, it probably, you'd probably want to just blend into the background. And I think that is another yeah. thing that a lot of people that you get when, if you're being bullied and people are being mean is, is that you just sort of like, don't want to be seen. You just want to just sort of walk around and be unbothered as much as possible. And for that is again, that's like confidence. It's stopping you from sort of really exploring like what you're good at and, and throwing yourself out there, which in life you really just have to do. You have to just really like throw yourself into situations that feel a bit uncomfortable um, because sometimes they can actually go really well. But I can just, with, with previous, ex if you're having negative previous experiences like that, it must just be really, really tough. Um, but what was the percentage you said about the amount of people? 27% of have, between the six no people think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer between 16 and 24. I just think like I always say this to my mum like if we know anyone that is young I'm always like oh I feel for them it's just yeah. such a horrid time of life and I think like whatever whatever I think a lot of kids go I don't really hear many people that are like I actually love going to school like I think a lot of people would have struggled in, in many different ways, but I think that was the thing that I found most upsetting actually was just how mean people can be. And I almost think like that when you're getting a bit older, they have, they know what is going to hurt someone's feelings. They know what's going to get more of a reaction. So if they're doing it for that reason, like it gets more, they're almost smarter at bullying, but like the older that they get. So I just think that that is really sad and it just I think it needs to I feel like there needs to be a lot more that's done to prevent bullying and I think that actually comes from more services to help those individuals because now I look back I think the people that were bullying you in from my school were probably people that were struggling with a lot of their own situations and maybe they actually needed a bit more support and it's all just a reaction isn't it and it's a sort of fight back yeah, um yeah. but that's really sad that it is that high and, and how many do you know how many people have a stammer like a percentage within the uk I've, oh, I, testing you within the uk i know there's around one over 150,000 young people with a stammer and, and i know it affects around three three percent of the population in each culture mm. and so i spoke about with them in a previous episode and which would have gone live by the time this has gone live and they were the people about the tube the tube gate incident and do you remember when when i was 
I think it was two years ago. Oh, yes. Was running late for a meeting. Yeah. Then they rolled their eyes on me. And I saw, and I, and they, but they also told me to F off. And the people who I spoke about it to within the episode, so I was actually going to meet them. So I got their perspective of how they portrayed the news and what they were doing in that situation. But I clearly remember telling you all the next yes. morning at the office. And no one could remember, not remember, no one could believe that it actually happened, especially in a situation like it did. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Now you say it, like, as soon as you said the tube thing, and then I instantly remember, and you really went out of your way afterwards to make sure that they knew that that had happened. I think you'd written a complaint and stuff, didn't you? And I just remember thinking... Fair play and well done for going out the way to do that because that was the other thing I was thinking when I was saying about the story about the the family that I saw in Whitstable. I was thinking really what they need to do is speak to that pub and say, um, is there something more that you can do with your signage? But then, I mean, maybe that's also for me to do because I shouldn't really expect them to do it because they've obviously got all sorts of other things going on. Um, But it is, I think that's where I'm just thinking like for the person to go through it, it is even harder for you to then fight for it because you just felt victimised and, like, oh, it like really felt Like, I felt so distressed, then, then embarrassed, then the fact that no one came to me after that that was a thing, because I thought that the British population can either be a very friendly population or a population that want to stay out of things and I so, 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 so I was surprised that at least not one person didn't come after yeah and to say that's that's unfair because that's the thing I that's almost like one of my things that I just want to make sure that I always do in life is sort of make sure that I am being there for people that don't have like I would I don't have the confidence myself usually some people might say something to me and it it I was saying this to my mum sometimes it does feel like they've sort of been slapped and I just I never have a good response I it does stutter me or I might then sort of try and appease them and and I think when some not everyone has the confidence to sort of fight back and have a response and also I don't think when I say fight back I'm not saying like punching people (laughs) like just being as maybe assertive about how that's made you feel like I feel like it can really impact you and I sometimes I walk away from things and I'm like damn it I wish I'd said this this would have been really yeah, smart yeah. and clever um and that would have really nailed it but it's it, and that's why I think it's just that it does upset me sometimes where you know, I feel like there's so much maybe explanation that needs to be done to even make people realize how that would have made you feel and not everyone can even see that instantly and just say think to themselves oh maybe I'll just check that he's okay um some, not everyone sometimes realizes that that is like they might like oh he's probably had it all his life I'm sure he's fine and it's like no every every time it doesn't imagine well does it I imagine it doesn't get any easier no and but I, because it's happened so much and it's sort of a sadly it's a known factor and, and like I do expect it but mm. I've just learned to just let it just go over my head and not take it too personally because I definitely wouldn't be doing this now if I let all the bullying me back because I just would have felt comfortable talking about it so my next question is one I've not prepped you with it's a quick fire question 
Oh, fun. When, when you think of someone who famously stammers, who do you think of? Well, I didn't realise that Joe Biden has a stammer. Really? Yeah. I mean, that is right, isn't it? I yeah, thought you... yeah, 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 yeah. I had no idea until, like, I saw it in the news. I don't think you can tell from his... No, like, he used to have a really bad stammer. So if I tell you that Elvis Presley and Stormzy stammer... Really? And they, then Ed Sheeran had a stammer. Nicole Kidman. I... Really? Wow. Yeah. But then I just... Then, I mean... It's not that I that they should have to speak about this, but it would be amazing if that was more well known. Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many famous, like the King George. The, yeah, I understand. But like, I think people don't realise how common—not common, but how like lots of people like like Marilyn Monroe had a really bad stand. When, when, when like you know her famous breathy tones. That was her that was her techniques to help her with her stammer and like different scenes. So what would you like this of question that I have for you, I guess, on, yeah. on this is that so all of those people have obviously had um like therapy or, or have had support to then cover their stammer. And I almost think like sometimes this is the case with um like autism, they I don't know loads I don't have a, a anyone that I'm aware of but I've sort of looked into it a bit and sometimes they it, it's almost like with other disabilities it's like they are having to change who they are to fit with the rest of society and I kind of in a way it's about numbers and percentages and stuff but it doesn't sometimes to me it just doesn't feel right that you like why is it why isn't it something that stammers could exist like I guess it would be frustrating but do you think it would be as frustrating for you or you would be as bothered by it if it was like more accepted I think I would definitely feel more relaxed in certain situations because like it's still it it is one of those topics that's not spoken about compared to other neurodiversities and like the sad thing is that it goes in trends like if a film comes out when a new when a main character has a stammer, mm-hmm. like there's lots of news about stammering. Like when Joe Biden got the the one of the most amazing things at the minute is that because Joe Biden's so open about his stammer, like there's been so many people taking more interest, and like he's been a massive in 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 inspiration for me because if if he can talk in front of me whole nation than I can do that bit in my monthly meeting. Definitely. And I think what people don't realise is that there's so many people out there who have so many hidden superpowers. Like, yeah. so I call my stammer a superpower event. I sort of use it as, as my weapon. So I use my stammer as a weapon, which people don't expect. Because I definitely think that my stammer makes me who I am. And think about everything that you're doing now, like yeah. everything with the charities. Like it's meant that you have such a strong purpose in life now. I feel, and if you didn't have that, then you would. I mean, you probably find something else that would be your passion. But like, it's it's given you so many opportunities, hasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. considering so, it's power. But 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 like, it's helped me build my self like my own mentally like it's been my confidence it's made me more sociable like especially the last year like before I, I, I would have been quite conscious about 
when I came for your leaving drink, so that, that was the latest that I've ever stayed at the pub because like before, so so when I, oh, you know, I'm I'm gonna make a move now. Yeah. And then when I came, we when, when I was coming back, I thought, you know, what? I'm gonna come back. Yeah, so I love it. What, what else would I be doing? What else yeah. would I be doing? When it was just such a great evening, and that's when I really proved to myself that I had changed because yeah. I'm way more confident. But like, it's just so weird how like our confidence can change in different situations. Yeah. And if, do you think you're more confident as well because your stamina improves the more sociable you are? So it's made yeah. you put yourself in more. Yeah, amazing. Because that's the thing. It's, it's especially with this whole year, like everyone could be maybe sort of setting themselves back a bit and that's probably made you helped over for you overcome getting back into the yeah nice but, but that night, night, could you tell that I had changed well I did think I I did think like it's amazing that he came back but like, I love that <laughs> so, I guess to explain like we obviously I think we I think you must have come down from the office yeah. at like five six or something yeah. And um, and then you had another you were meeting your friends, weren't you? And you were like yeah. I might I think you said at the time, like I might come back, I'll see how we get on. Um and I didn't even look at my phone all night, and then you just yeah. turned up. Oh, she just yeah. off my headphones. Um, and then you just turned up and I was like, Oh my god, you did come back. Yeah. And you were like, Yeah, I texted Paige, and she was like, Obviously, we're still yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and I just thought I did think like you're like you, you did seem, I think, actually quite a lot happier. And yeah. I think actually it was quite nice to have someone like you who was so excited to be back in the office and around everyone because I think that's the other thing. It is probably quite daunting for a few people to come back into the office, but knowing that there's other people that are like excited to be there and around you sort of like brings that atmosphere back that I guess that you're you're missing. So yeah, bring in the good vibes, Will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so my final question is there's two parts of it. So what advice would you give to people with a stammer and people with a who don't stammer going back to the office and like this new future of work, but also just in life in general, what advice do you have for people who stammer and people who don't stammer? So three pieces of advice for each. So I was thinking that like, I think some of these, I think actually are good for both categories of people, yeah. I guess. Um, the first one I was thinking, and it's actually sort of a bit of like what we were discussing just now, is just knowing your strengths. And I think that really helps to propel you forward and throw yourself into situations if you if you think about all these things that you know that you're good at or you've got a, an interest in. Like I, I think also you don't need to necessarily be good at stuff. I think like some of the things that I always think to myself is like if I'm feeling a bit nervous or worrying about something, I'm always like you're you've got a good heart. You're an interested person and I can't think of something else, but I would think about something else. <laughs> um, but I think those sort of things just always make me feel a bit more like, okay, I've got this. Um, and I think knowing what those strengths are and being able to talk to yourself like that is always just going to help you to put yourself into different situations and, and sort of overcome them. I guess maybe the other one would be don't always think about the negative um I've actually started speaking to like a counsellor therapist since we've had lockdown just to sort of thought it was a good time for me to do this and just talk about a couple of things and she was with the whole Sarah Everett case that happened in Clapham obviously unfortunately poor woman was um 
kidnapped and, and killed. And it was in, I live in Clapham and I could see the posters and it honestly made me feel so scared. I don't think I left the house since the news went out. And I was, I, it really shook me. And I was speaking to my therapist about it and she was saying like, you need to, obviously these things, this has happened and we're not going to sort of move away from that. And it's good to sort of acknowledge that, but you need to also just think to yourself if you start getting scared and concerned by things that, that, you don't focus too much on the one negative and remember all the other times where you've gone outside and nothing has happened. And I think that's like another thing. If you focus too much on the negatives, I think it's literally like a natural survival thing. We have to learn from the bad stuff to avoid going near that area where there might be a tiger and whatever. <laughs> um, extreme, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it's, it's sort of just not focusing on the negatives. So have your strengths, don't focus too much on the negatives. And then the thing that I was thinking as well is to pause and take your time. And I think that is good for people without a stammer, but even more so, I guess, for people with a stammer. And don't be concerned about time going by generally. I think as soon as you start thinking like, ah, as you say, like the milliseconds become seconds and feel like minutes. And But the more time that you take, I think I always have to say this to myself when I'm presenting, like, take your time because people are here to listen to what you've got to say and the more you rush through it the less it's registered less point you like you can land a point so one is just taking your time and then I think just the one thing I wanted to specifically say for people that don't have a stammer is for people like us to support people with a stammer in terms of making sure that you have an awareness of it and just not interrupting them, although I did that a minute ago. Um, but try as much as possible, obviously, not to interrupt people. And if you see someone generally that has been interrupted, try and help back them, back them up and support that conversation to coming back to them. I mean, again, this can happen to people with a stammer and without a stammer, and it can really just throw people off and stop people in their tracks. They might have something really important to say. So it's up to all of us to just make sure that people all get a chance, basically. Amazing. That was wonderful, wonderful advice. And thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been a great conversation. And, and like, it's just fascinating for me because like, we, we sat next to each other for ages at the office and like, we've had really deep chats about the topic, neurodiversity, then, then, then apprenticeships. But it's just fascinating for our listeners to hear your perspective from someone who doesn't have a stammer, but also or decide to work with someone with a stammer. Mm. So thank you for, for listening to our viewers. We, we've got some really exciting guests coming up in, within, within the next few weeks. And But please make sure to, to follow us on Instagram and Twitter to see our updates and then who our future guests are. And I'll see you next time in two weeks. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.